Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. So it's early morning. Brian and I are recording super early. Well, not super early, but more early than we normally do. Um, And Brian was saying he likes recording the early shows, and I do too. And it's um, So what's happened is we've gotten so busy in the shop and I record in my workshop Mm -hmm. that I'm not able, like, it's hard to carve out an hour or an hour and a half where it's quiet in there. (laughs) So it's like, okay, well, the only other option is to record from home. So you're hearing my sweet, soft, sultry, creamy voice (laughs) in my home office. (laughs) Nice, nice. I'm having coffee. Honestly, I kind of like these morning shows because I'm freshly caffeinated. I'm fully rejuvenated from sleeping, and I'm just ready to put on a really badass show. Let's do it, man. Yeah. So uh, real quick on the top of the show, just want to shout out uh, Coy and the boys over at BakerForge.com. Go over there. Check out what they're doing. A lot of big things are going to be coming out of their workshop, and it's exciting to watch their business grow yeah. and be a part of it, a small part of their success. So go check out BakerForge.com. They're a sponsor of the show. They have awesome steel. Um, and uh, Coy and I are cooking up a little project for he is sending me a small billet. And we are, you know, that cliffhanger knife that I made. Um, Ooh. We're going to do one. Yeah, we're going to do one out of Baker Forge steel. Um, and it, I'm excited about it because it it's not a lot of people are machining his steel. You know, there there's a lot of hand grinds and a beautiful hand artistry. But I get a chance to see what we can do with you know the CNC and how it reacts to the CNC. So I'm looking forward to that project. That's BakerForge.com. Go check out all of the steel that they have available for as little as one hundred dollars. You could buy an amazing piece of steel that you could sell for 10x, no doubt about it. And if you use the code WFI10 at checkout, you get 10% off. That makes that hundred dollar billet ninety dollars. Oh, yeah. I just did the quick math for you. You're welcome. Anyway, all right, Brian, you ready to start the show? Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's do it, baby. It's work for it. Yeah, let's go. It's August. It's hot as shit. NASA has said now, this is a news article that Sarah read to me this morning while we were waking up. She said, NASA reports that the month of August 2023, the hottest month on record since 1880. Yeah. Yikes! So you know, what's kind of funny? What's kind of funny sweating, is that's up why. here in Michigan, we've got none of it. I woke up this morning, was out in the shop at like five o'clock. I had to turn around and put back on sweatshirts and sweatpants because I it was like fifty five out. I was Dang, so cold. It was nice. so nice up here, man. Yeah, it sounds nice. So it's really, really hot here. Um, you know, we, you know, our shops how they're configured. You have to walk outside to go to the other one. Oh yeah. And when you do that, it's like you're getting shot in the face with a hairdryer. I mean, it's just so hot here. And thank thank God, knock on wood, touch wood, 
we have not had any threat of hurricane yet. So uh, typically right. when we have hot years like this, the meteorology side of things is like the hot air, the hot season warms up the waters close to the equator. And it, that, it, that works into makes it a really good environment for a hurricane. Mm. And we haven't had anything like that, but uh, so thank God. So hopefully this year we'll dodge the bullet and um, well, not have any. Last year you had that big scare with it already. So like I feel like you're good for a couple of years. I feel oh, like the you the karma should be all out of you. Like all the bad karmas oh. should be passed, you know. I've been so I've been through so many of these and what we've learned it it, it, it there's no rhyme or reason to it other than the weather. You know, just mm. it's just if it's hot they they typically form. And what's really interesting about hurricanes is this is how small the world is you live on is that they typically start off the coast of Western Africa. Mm. And then, and in, and to that point, which is even more interesting, is that the dust that is picked up by these storms affects our sunsets here uh, in, in West Florida. And so, because it picks up the dust from the Sahara, and, oh. then it, and then it swirls it around and then drops it um, in the air over here i don't even know how many miles that is it's a long way um Just but it drops that yeah it's it's crazy and it, they make the most amazing sunsets these mm. african we call them african dust storms and it's just it's really cool but if you see that start to occur you know like okay things are happening you know we're you know we have to be on the lookout for tropical activity and uh like i said we haven't had any but um good news is is we are uh, things are really picking up in August. We've noticed just, it seemed, I don't know if you've noticed this, but have you noticed the energy on Instagram and some of the social, other social platforms has just started to like kick it? Like it's starting to come out. People are making things and showing off. It's almost like they're just done with summer and they're ready to like rock the holiday. Have you it noticed feels, that? It feels like reverse hibernation. Like a bear mm. goes down late right. fall, early winter, and hibernates all winter long. Our version of that is just, you know, the beginning of summer. People go out and they want to, you know, explore the world, go camping, go on vacations, do whatever. Well, when you're spending money there, you can't also spend money on, you know, pocket bling like we make. So yeah. it feels like all of a sudden the bear is starting to wake up. People are coming home. They're getting ready for school. They're starting to realize, oh shit, Christmas isn't really that far away, and yeah, the it's it's the rush is coming. It's it's the it's has been the calm before the storm, and the storm is just starting to hit. And that sale that storm is motherfucking sales, baby. <laughs> so things are going good on your side. I, oh, I yeah. guess. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Doing well. Okay. I'm I like this. I've, I've, I feel like I'm holding on to some live 220 over here. I am electrified, man. <laughs> By the way, I'm watching. It's funny because I imagine this trench that you had to dig was going to be like, you know, like um, like a half a mile or some shit. And then it's I literally see all your social. Feet. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> okay. And then, uh, you know, I'm commenting like, you're doing it wrong. You know, I'm just like leaving asshole comments on yeah. all the shit you guys yeah. were doing. Love that. And, um, and, it it was funny because you started playing along with 
the whole like, hey, I was told that this wire, if you buy the green coated <laughs> wire, it's like, you know, it's it's more green energy, like, man. It's green energy. <laughs> and, it's just yeah, like it, green energy, man. It was pretty great. It was pretty great to watch you and Bala Ball do that and uh, get that set up. And so I'm curious. So did you run that wire and just put in a 220 outlet or did you do a sub panel so that you can feed off of the that run we did a whole sub panel and it was a pretty modest sub panel it's just a four four little thing so i've got one 220 and two 110s which is all that little shop needs yeah but yeah we're um so there's a whole there's a whole fuckery that went around with this so first off you know we we knew where the wire came out the old wire when we're first starting jeremy ballaball comes over and we, we know where the wire goes out of the back of the shop. The problem is, is that it just goes straight down and you can see the top of the conduit. So we know this thing goes down here and it should go out straight to the house. That makes logical sense. The problem is you go straight to the house and there's no, it, the conduit doesn't come back up and go into the house. So we don't know where first. So basically at that point we are like, okay, well let's, let's go down to the breaker in the basement in the house and just start finding that wire, chasing that wire back. So here I am where we're, I'm standing on one side of a wall and I'm jiggling the wire that we've been chasing. And here's Jeremy Ballaball on the other side of the wall, like a spider feeling his webs, trying to find the, the, the web that I'm jiggling. So we're, it's basically, we're following that wire back and it actually leads right next to the back door, which is the logical place. It's in a straight line, basically straight from the back of the shop where that wire comes out straight to the house. Okay, cool. We now know where to dig. Perfect. I'm happy. The problem is right there, there happened to be a bush that was planted. So we cut mm. down the bush. We dig up as much of the roots as we can makes digging an absolute nightmare because of course digging through the backyard is pretty sandy that's easy digging problem is there's roots everywhere there's big huge trees we've got to cut through these roots it's all going to happen whatever so we get down we we dig down to where the wire comes out of the back of the house success right there's conduit there we see Perfect. the conduit where where it exit the house and where it exits the shop there's conduit on both sides Holy shit, this is going to be awesome. It's not just a buried wire. We're going to be able to use the old wire to drag the new 220 wire through, and it's going to make this job 20 times easier. Because hallelujah, we don't have to dig a trench, right? <laughs> so Jeremy gets the, the new wire all set up, get it all in line, tethered on, taped to the max, ready to go. And we go to the other side, we unhook it over there, and we're both sitting there and like, I'm a pretty big dude. Jeremy is strong as hell. And he said he's pulled a, a 220 cord through a hundred foot, you know, conduit and through two 90 degree bends by himself. So like the two of us, we should be able to do this. It's 30 feet, one 90 degree bend. This should be a cakewalk. So here I am. I've got, I've got a hold of it and I put everything I've got into pulling on this thing. And I'm like, I'm giving it the beans. I'm trying to pull and it's, it's not coming. Jeremy tries. We both try. There's nothing that is going to pull this thing. And I'm thinking, what the hell? There must be some sort of a snag. Maybe a root got in there and, and you know, digs done something. 
okay, we're going to have to dig down and we're going to have to find where this snag is. And maybe we only have to do half the trench and we'll find the snag, we'll undo there, and then we'll be able to pull it, right? All this optimism. I love oh, it. yeah. Optimism through the roof. So we go back to the back of the house and we're like, okay, there's nowhere to start, but, you know, we might as well just start digging. We get a couple shovelfuls out and all of a sudden we get about six inches of unearthed conduit and the conduit stops and it is a buried wire the rest of the way. <laughs> so they put a conduit through the wall and it right. went out like a foot and that's it. That's it. <laughs> why in the hell would you bury why? a wire two foot deep <laughs> and not like you're you're already there it's like tw what maybe 50 well bucks it. it's 50 bucks for conduit back then when they did it it was probably 12 dollars in, in conduit and they cheaped out they cheaped yeah. out on the conduit like why <laughs> why why yeah so then There's of probably course a couple reasons i think a lot of guys unless they so the thinking is is that the conduit will fill with water. Sure. And it's possible that it would freeze if you don't go deep enough. So I think they, you know, from numerous reasons, if they weren't willing to dig the trench down past the frost line. Oh, so like to the to yeah. the core? Like <laughs> you're gonna well, have yeah, magma. For you, yeah. <laughs> I mean it's like you're you need to go down a few feet to get past it. So you know, it's one of those things where they just probably thought, fuck it, you know, we're not doing it. And, uh, you know, it's worked all this time, you know, but yeah. So was it Romex that was just buried in the yard? Um, You know, was I'm it not like coded. One... They have like a, you know what I'm talking about? Like they look like the same stuff that was in the house. So the problem is, is I've learned that I don't know jack shit about jack shit when it comes to electric, electric yeah, anything. Gotcha. Yeah. So I know it's a wire. <laughs> I could go out to the I could yeah. go out to my trash bin and dig it out and tell you. No, no, no. I was just curious <laughs> if they just ran like household Romex through your yard or whatever. Which no, is the safest. But I've seen it done many times. But so all right, so you run this wire out, you get it to the garage, and it's you you're you put in a sub panel, so now you have a, a two twenty a uh, solid 220 outlet out there that's rated for what 30 amps 40 amps amp? 40 amps okay hell Good. yeah and then and then a couple of 110 outlets yep and we're all i mean after the trench was dug that was the hard work everything past that was just you know me over jeremy's shoulder because let's be honest electrical work is not a two-man job so no, you're right. i'm just Unless sitting you're there pulling cable and that's right yeah but so 95 percent of the time I was just sitting there watching Jeremy and asking questions, joking around. But, you know, it's it was a really good time. And I really appreciate Jeremy Ballaball for the man that he is. Because he, not only is he kind, not only is he generous, but he's like a really fun guy to be around. He's he's cracking jokes. He's having a good time. You know, we're, we're razzing each other a little bit. And it's it was just, it was not only... It was fun because I was getting to 20. I was super hyped about that. Of course, of course. But being able to hang out with a buddy for a solid two days worth of time, that was more fun than anything else. So, And anybody that's willing to get in their car, drive an hour or two or three and, or three and help you dig a trench and run some cable. Man, that's a solid friend. That yeah. is just, that's like awesome. So, yeah. uh, Kudos to Jeremy Ballaball. Thank you for helping Brian. You're the man. That is an amazing thing. It's and it's 
like it, I, for me anyway, cause my generation wasn't really raised with the internet. It's, it's fun to see, you know, the younger generations because you guys don't have that same, you know, my generation is like, Oh, you met them on the, Oh, they're the, your internet <laughs> friends. You know what I mean? And yeah. it it's like, you know, f- like when people say that to me, I'm like, I have, closer friend relationships with people I've never met than I do with now, the people that are in my face. You know? Now, I have a really funny story with Jeremy Baldaball about that exact thing. So, Jeremy came up last year for this Frankenmuth Festival, the Fire Arts Fest, where we're selling knives and doing some foraging and showing off, you know, for the people of Frankenmuth. Um, so, <laughs> I, at that point, you know, I had never met Jeremy in person, but I've, I've been buds with him. He's done live streams with me. We've, we've, you know, corresponded over Instagram for, for a year or so. So Frankenmuth is right next to my hometown or, you know, pretty short drive from there. So we spend the night at my parents' place and, you know, so I invite him up and then we're going to go from there to the Frankenmuth fest and do that whole thing. So it's about 10 o'clock at night. I'm sitting and hanging out with Emily and my parents and we're talking about whatever's going on. And all of a sudden Jeremy shows up and he walks to the door and I stand up and I give him a handshake and is, oh man, it's really nice to meet you for the first time in person. And my dad, my mom and dad both look at each other and then look at me and say, you guys, you guys, you don't know this guy? <laughs> like, oh, we were friends on Instagram. No big deal. But yeah, I think they were thinking he was like a mass murderer or something. Like you know, oh, he's he, you met him online. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 kind of like you have to rethink the way that you know and meet people because I don't know about you, but I've had people in my life who turn out to be like you know I've seen them face to face and had face to face conversations with them and all of that, and they turn out to be somebody who they're not, you know, Mm. they present themselves with. Right. And it's just the same online. People can create an online persona or whatever, but you just have to keep your wits about you. If somebody wants to fool you into thinking that there's something they're not, it doesn't matter if they're standing in front of you or if they're typing on the other end of the, of a Instagram message. Yeah. It's a little easier on the other end of an Instagram message because the body language isn't there. Um, but you know, when you see people in videos and you see them working in their workshops and you see, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to determine, you know, whether or not they're, they're being honest or truthful about who they are. Yeah. And, uh, so that's like, I love that we're blowing away that norm, you know, especially when you go to blade show, like you go to blade show and you, you know, like uh Saturday night, we were all sitting around having barbecue at blade Oh yeah, and it just felt like brotherhood it just felt like it. we all knew each other we'd all seen each other's work and we were all just having easy conversations with each other i, ne- I didn't see one single person uncomfortable there you know uh, this is going to be one of the nerdiest things i've ever said but the last time i felt like that was at band camp in college yeah that's because a, that's we're, we're all like at band camp we're all musical nerds we're all here for the same goal put on a great show do our best, you know, drill really hard. That's the same thing with the knife making community. We're we're all knife makers. We're all, you know, we bust our ass all day every day. And here we are sharing a meal, having laughs, you know, clinking glasses, slurping down some barbecue. <laughs> you know, it's it's just there's something about it. It's like a brother like you said, it's a brotherhood. 
Yeah, yeah. I I feel that way all the time when I talk to fellow blade makers, metalsmiths. Um, that you know, w- one of the things I I really enjoy is helping other people with their stuff. You know, like that's like one of my gifts. I enjoy it. So people reach out to me all the time. I had a guy from Friends Forge. I don't know if you know those folks, but um, he had built a ribbon burner and he was like, I know this, this isn't an Apollo or anything. And I just was hoping to get some feedback from you on my setup. And, you know, he was having some blowback and some things going on with his ribbon burner. And it was just fun for me to like troubleshoot with that person because yeah. I love doing that. And it, there's no financial gain on either side. We were just, I love the work we do. So it's just natural that we would share that you know, those conversations and talk about things, you know, people reach out to me all the time about their grinders too. So it's like, yeah, even if it's not a revolution, I, I will help as much as possible, you know, and there's a lot of home built jobs out there that guys don't really understand the geometry (laughs) and need a little help, you know, so I can get, um, and you know, a a part of me, it's like nostalgic because that's like what, what I was doing, you know, five years ago, I was building my own shit and not really understanding how it worked. And I reached out to a bunch of people and they helped me. Yeah. And that's why I think I love this community so much is because no matter what level you're on, you're, you're able to find someone who is willing to take a few minutes and give you some feedback or give you some of their, share their experience with you. Um, of course there's a couple of turds. I mean, there's always turds in these, these environments, but they get weeded out pretty damn fast. That's what yeah. I really love about this is like guys get a whiff of bullshit and they're like, that guy, you know, you can say what you want, but like, you know, I had a bad interaction or, you know, he's questionable. Just keep your mind, keep your eyes open around that person. And mm. almost nine times out of 10, it becomes like a, Oh, and then you start seeing more of it and more of it. And you're hearing it yeah. from different sources and you realize, you know what? That person got weeded out and whatever else. Yeah. Um, Good crew, good crew over here at uh, at uh, Instagram and Facebook and stuff. And so, anyway, what? So, uh, is that your shop update? You got the the whole electrical thing well, in. You got anything going else? That, anything else on? That was this past weekend. Was getting the two twenty in. The rest of this, you know, yesterday and this morning, um, and Monday, I've been working on getting my blast cabinet all set up. So, you know, I I was able to so. I had a big air compressor from Emily's dad. He had a couple really big air compressors, so I kind of took the runt of them, which itself is a 50-gallon air compressor. It's not nothing. Yeah, that's a good size. And it's old. Like, it is It is stout. It is dangerous looking. It's got one of those flywheels on there. <laughs> like, I yeah. can just envision myself tripping over and getting a hand caught in that thing. It's just kind of scary. Whatever. No cage around it. Of course not. Why not? So... The whole, you know, I wasn't, I bought a blast cabinet on Facebook marketplace for like 75 bucks, 80 bucks, whatever it was. And I thought, Hey, I'm, I have this air compressor. I'll be able to hook that in and get it going. Problem is I got the air, I got the blast cabinet here. I tucked in the air compressor and it would run for a couple minutes and then it'd blow the breaker. Not enough juice. Hence 220 having to wait till 220. Well, now it's here. Yay. So I was able to then. Take, I still had a bunch of scrap wood from the, the gentleman who worked here or lived here before. And I was able to, on Monday, build a table to basically fit exactly around this air compressor, making sure that that flywheel is in the back so that I will never actually fear touching it. <laughs> um, but everything is still accessible. 
So I was able to build the table to go around it and up at the height so that my arms, when I'm standing up, fit perfectly into the blast cabinet. So I was able to build that all out of scrap wood. It didn't cost me a cent, which was awesome. Um, so I, yesterday I've been kind of futzing around with it, getting it a little more tuned in. The blast cabinet looked like maybe it was dropped at one point because one leg is like bent up about a quarter inch. So I had to build a little shim to make sure it sits level. Whatever, I'm fine with it. It was it was only 75 bucks or 80 bucks or whatever it was. I'm fine with it. It's it's good enough for what I'm using it for. So yesterday I made I whipped up I did some work on the batch and I, it's funny that all this is happening right in the middle of a batch because obviously the batch gets put on hold through the weekend. But now I have the blast cabinet. I've got 220 to play with and it's really easy to be like, ooh, I want to play with my new toy and not do work on the batch of waiting customers. <laughs> so, you know, I, I built the table, and then the next day I'm like, okay, I'm not touching any 220 or any blast cabinet stuff until I get everything glued up on my, on my knives, and I can't do anything on them. At that point, I can start playing again. So I finished that up. I finished, I finished up my work for the day yesterday, and then I was able to, you know, whip together a couple quick designs on knife designs and start playing with this, this uh, blast cabinet. And it is amazing how quick and easy it is to get a really good look, uniform look across. And I even took, I even took a piece of, of scrap steel and I put, you know, 60 grit scratches on it and 120 grit scratches and 220 grit scratches kind of like on a pattern so that I could sit there and blast it away and see, okay, well, 220 goes completely away. And 120 is, you know, you can kind of still see it a little bit. 60 grit is not nearly far enough. So I can kind of like start to gauge, okay, well, how far do I need to take the finishes before I do a blast finish? So, yeah, it's been a lot. Of, I'm already seeing a lot of experiments coming out of it and like, I know what other people do, but I want to try to recreate some experiments to for myself so that I know. And uh, yeah, I'm just, my mind is just racing with all the possibilities and I'm very excited for it. Let me give you um, a little bit of knowledge from somebody who has had a blast cabinet for 20 years. Like I've used, a, I've used mine for a long time. You've got, um, Oh, I thought, few... I thought it was Brent that had all that knowledge. <laughs> well, he might. I mean, I mean, I, yeah, of course, Brent knows his stuff, but <laughs> A uh, couple of things. One thing that will make <clears throat> one thing that will make your experience so much better in a blast cabinet is having good blast media in mm. there. And um, believe it or not, I buy mine on eBay, and mm. I buy a hundred grit. Oh, geez, I'd, I'd have to look it up exactly. It's like silicon something or other, but yeah. it's. So I've bought the cheap stuff, right? And go to Northern Tool or a Harbor Freight and you can buy 50 pound bags of cheap, um, sand or, uh, slag or whatever. It's garnet. Yeah. That's, yeah. Some of it's garnet. Yeah. <clears throat> Sarah, Sarah coming in with the, uh, the advice. There it is. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, um, and what happened in, and it works fine. The downside though is that it, it, du it's dusty. So it, yeah. it it's not like rinsed, whereas when you buy this nicer stuff, it's clean and it doesn't fill your cabinet with like a dusty cloud. Now I have, you can't see what you're doing otherwise. Now I have noticed that, and so two things about this blast cabinet that needs to be fixed, or kinda. So 
one of them, it, it doesn't have the power cord to turn on the light on the inside. So I need to, I need mm. to find the proper power cord. And of course, all of the tags on this, all the stickers on this thing is come off. So I don't know gotcha. what cord it is. So I'm probably going to have to buy a couple cords and figure out. I mean, I know what the plug looks like, but it's a couple voltage, whatever. I'll figure it out. It's just 110 probably. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, Most yeah. of them are all 110. Yeah. Um, the Okay, so I, f- I looked it up on eBay. So it's aluminum oxide. I, uh, it's 100 grit, which is considered medium grit. Mm. Uh, and I pay $95.18 for 50 pounds of it shipped. Okay. So it comes to me shipped for 95 bucks. And here's how I figured this out. So for years, I've been trying to, you know, I have a two horsepower dust collector on my blast cabinet, which is like a direct four inch pipe that goes right into it and pulls the dust out of the air. That cheap media, no matter what I did, it was just, it would get cloudy. I had LED lights in there. I tried everything to be able to see what the hell I'm doing in my blast cabinet. So I started researching because we're looking into uh, uh, setting up Cerakote for the workshop so we can Cerakote some of these knives. Nice. And I got on a Cerakote subreddit and started reading, and there was a great thread of a bunch of guys talking about what media they use in their blast cabinets and why it's so important. Um, And that's how I found this link to eBay and this aluminum. It's aluminum oxide. 100 grit and if anybody wants it they just message me and i'll send them the link but um yeah i it when i so what i did was i emptied my blast cabinet i cleaned out all the i cleaned the walls everything let me ask you everything how do you empty those things well mine has a chute oh i don't think yours has a chute probably not uh what i would do is open it up pull the grate out scoop as much out as possible and then clean it with a vacuum you know like just vacuum everything out see I I have basically I took off the filter on it and just stuck in um, the little tabletop shop vac like it's a I mean the whole thing maybe is a gallon and a half it's a very small little thing yeah 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 it's a small but tabletop. I just have it directly pulling right through um and it keeps it keeps I mean don't get me wrong it's dusty but it's not it's not unbearable but what I've so noticed you can see your work when you're when you're using it yeah. Yeah, I can see it. Okay. I mean, I can see... Do you have see... a dust collector that hooks up to it or... Not a dust collector, but I've been told by a couple of different people that I need to get one of those five-gallon, like, uh, five Harbor Freighter um, sells a five-gallon bucket yeah. jobby. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, just to I'm pull the dust out. out of the air, yeah, right. inside of there. But... Kyle Daly from KH Daily Knives did a cool... It's like a 3D printable. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Fit up thing that, yeah, that connects a standard hose to a blast cabinet like yours. So you may yeah. want to look at the, or just message him. He'll send you the. Now, the, the other thing is there is this, it, it's like a grayish, silverish media on the inside of it now. But the guy gave me a milk crate with two 50 gal- or 50 pound bags of this black diamond grit. And I yeah, believe that's that, the cheap shit. Yeah, that's I'm sure cheap it's the stuff. cheap shit. The re- that's came free. Of course, it's the cheap shit. Yep. But it's marked like 30-60 grit. <laughs> like, I don't think there's going to be a knife left if I blast it with that. <laughs> yeah, you have to be careful because you can really affect things when you put it in a blast cam. And it'll, it'll take a lot of detail out of things, too. Yeah, yeah, it's something to look at. That's why I like the 100 grit because the 100 grit leaves an absolutely beautiful finish. 
It's not for heavy removal, though. Like, you know, like if you ha are you trying to get rid of mill scale or something, it, it, it'll do it. It'll just take a really long time. The stuff, the garnet, the black uh, slag stuff that you have, that's what that's for. So a oh. lot of guys will run multiple blast cabinets in their shop because they'll have different grits, you know, in each one. All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> maybe I need to be on the lookout for another one. <laughs> well, they can be had for usually pretty cheap. There's the guys that buy them and then they think they're going to use them and they don't and they're huge. So they take up a ton of space in their yeah. shop, you know. So, yeah, it's it's something to look into just to just to kind of play around with it. So aluminum oxide, medium grit. It's what I've been using. It's fantastic. Cleanings, cleans things up and leaves a really nice finish. The, the other thing I, was, I could oh. suggest is is getting an air regulator that hooks up directly to the inlet of your of your blast cabinet so that you can adjust the air pressure that's going into the cabinet and believe it or not it makes a difference. Like you know, you'll play around with how much pressure is being put into that cabinet and you'll be able to get different finishes using, you know, you can just turn a dial basically. Now, I have noticed that when everything's closed, I don't think there's an inlet on it. Or if it is, it's literally just whatever leaks around the little door on it. Because no, I mean, the, what I'm saying is the um, where the air pressure goes in, the hose. Oh. You can get an inline regulator that oh. you can adjust the pressure. It's got a gauge on it, and you can adjust the pressure for how much is See, going into the cabinet. What I thought you were talking about is the amount of pressure inside, because when I turn on the vacuum, the the little um, gloves stand up, so there's negative pressure on the inside. Oh yeah, 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 hell yeah, that's that's what you want for sure. Yeah, I don't know. What I was really hoping is maybe in my next batch, I'm just gonna do a couple EDC knives and do a bunch of like one's going to have a forge texture on it one of them's going to you know be ground with with nice crisp lines one of them's going to be washed away and do a bunch of different experiments with it to see what this blast cabinet will do to different finishes i'm really hoping that brute to forge will look good blasted i've never i've never really seen it maybe there's a reason but i don't know well if you do it before you heat treat you'll get the nice dark pitting that will be left over from the oil when you mm. quench. Mm. If you do it post heat treat, it'll just look like divots because it cleans everything all up. You know, it'll probably look cool. I mean, you have to play around with it, but I yeah. think you're going to, the, the reason why, in my opinion, people like brute to forge is because it looks like it came out of the forge, right. you know, right. it looks forged. If you blast all that out, you'll have the, the hammer marks, but you won't have the contrast. Yeah. That's the downside. So you want to do it, before heat treat. Yeah. Something to play around with. I'm I'm very excited to experiment with it and really broaden my horizons because I feel like not only is this 220 or not only is this 220 a huge upgrade, it's going to open up a lot of tools in my in my chest that I haven't had before. Looking forward to a heat treat oven. I mean, I'm just I'm so excited, but I'm really excited to not only look at what I can get, but use what I have now to really broaden what I can do. Anyways, I'm very excited. I know there's some really exciting stuff going on over at Housemade, and I have seen those little, those belt hangers all over the place. <laughs> I am so excited for you that you have your belt hangers spread far and wide across the maker world, man. That's got to be so exciting. Hundreds of those damn things, like so. 
I can't even t- I apparently this was a need in the community because little we were like, yeah, this is great. Well, you know, Brent worked on it and we created it, we put it out and it was just like holy cow. So many people want to get their shops organized and this is an easy way to do it. And of course, the the file's been downloaded almost probably close to a thousand times at this point, nice. I think. So we know people are printing their own and they're making content around it, which is fantastic. Um, Coy Baker bought some and made a reel yesterday for us and it tagged us as a collaborator and that sold a bunch more. And so it's just, it's a beautiful thing to watch the community rally around Housemade. Thank you so very much. And in true fashion, two of our 3D printers had massive failures oh. during, like right after we, we went live with that. So we ended up having to run on like two printers only or actually four. We pulled out like some older ones, the old slow ones to keep up with the the demand. And then Brent being the guy, you know, he figured it out, figured out what was wrong with them and ordered the part. And they came in a couple of days ago. So now we're back up to six printers. Nice. uh, Printing 24 seven, like round the clock. Like they're, they're printing, printing, printing. And it's fantastic because um, it's they're selling and people are so excited to have a solution that's easy and it looks good. I think that's the other part of it. They like that they they look cool and that they have the curvature of the belt. So the belt stays, you know, you don't get the kink in the belt. A lot of guys are hanging things on nails and like little uh, thin things. And I think that can create like, you know, as the weight of the belt hangs on them, it'll create a belt bump. Right. You know, over time. So the curvature of our of our uh hanger is is rounded off enough to that so that won't happen. Um but yeah, solid it was a solid uh launch of a product that I didn't even know was had a demand, so which is amazing. Isn't it funny that things always go wrong when you need them? <laughs> like Isn't it? You, you go know, right? you go live on this thing and the printer goes down. It's like ah, well, Damn it. <laughs> it, two of them failed in the exact same way, and weird. So, and and I and this is a design flaw of the P1P. So, if you're getting into 3D printing, you might find this interesting. Is that when you use the AMS system with one of these printers, AMS is the thing that holds the four spools on the top of the printer. Mm. It's designed to sit right on top of the printer. They sell it that way. So, you know, this this carousel sits right on top. Well, the way that the head moves, the wire that goes to the head of the print printer rubs against the bottom of that AMS system. And it rubs itself till it breaks. Oh, jeez. Because the thing moves so damn fast, right? Well, there's a solution for it, and we found the solution, and it's to th- print these risers. So, you, th- of course, you 3D print risers that lift that AMS system up a couple of inches, and it solves the problem. But by then, by the time we had figured it out, two of the four printers had already had the cables worn through and broken, so we ordered uh, four new cables and had them all replaced. Wow. And it's not a big job to do it. It's just it's just annoying. You know, it's like why would you design something where the cable would rub up against a piece of plastic mm. like thousands of times for every print? And eventually that's just gonna wear through. So 
that's how it failed, and uh, but we got it solved. It's not a big deal. We, we're back in full production and printing away, as they say. So we're doing Speaking that, of- and um, we're doing uh, what else we got going on? Um, I am. I just got my sac- my third, fourth production run of the Apollo Forge. So nice. we just got all that delivered. And because I've made forges for a bunch of people like Jason Knight and I shipped a few, like we shipped one to Morocco and I'm, I, re- I didn't have a forge <laughs> in my shop <laughs> because I've been, I've been making them for people and I'm like, fuck it, send them that one. It's already built, you know, like yeah. whatever. Um, and then, so I needed parts and didn't have them because we sold them all. And then finally, I'm like, okay, so we're going to Maker Camp this year. So I snagged sets of four parts for four forges that will be in the blacksmithing tents at Maker Camp. So you'll okay. find me at Maker Camp this year forging with everybody and running the Apollo forges and stuff. Nice. Um, and then we're going to do custom branded for uh, Blackthorn. We're going to do Maker Camp forges and Blackthorn um uh, you know, their their logo, whatever their logo is. I haven't looked at it yet. Austin sent it over to me. Uh, and we're going to do custom branded forges for them. So you'll get a chance to use the Apollo Forge if you go to Maker Camp. And then I am building my own Uber Ultimate Forge for my I was, was going to say, I saw that reel of you doing the hardware good luck all laid That's out. That's right. Oh my gosh, that thing looks so cool. Yeah, so... Of course, I need another project like a hole in the head, but like I can't <laughs> sell these forges unless I actually have one. You know what I mean? I need to be able to show people what what they are. So, in the process, I'm like looking at the old forge stands that I built years ago, and they're just it's just a piece of tube steel and on like a flat plate with casters. Yeah, and constantly, like every day, multiple times a day, I get people going. Hey, I want to build that stand. I want to build that. How how do I get the plans? And I'm like, I don't have the plans. I just, you know, you whipped made it together. The, yeah. I mean, I drew it in fusion, you know, but it's 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 not done. Um I just, you know, cut the parts. And they're like, I'd buy the plans. Let me buy the plans. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. So now I'm making the stand and I'm making the hard work and good luck stands. Plans. I'm not actually making the stands. They're a lot of work, so I'm not. A stand I'm plan. Not, yeah, stand plan. So we're gonna have offer that plan set for the Apollo Forge stand. It'll be like a ten dollar plan set or whatever you can buy off the website, and it'll have the same kind of feel that the Revolution plans have. I built one with the hangers and all of that yesterday, painted it right before I left, and I'm going to do kind of a cool paint job on it. And you'll probably see by the time this podcast comes out, you'll have seen what it looks like mm. on socials because I'm going to do some reels on it. Mm. And, and then you're sending then it to me. Thanks, man. I really oh appreciate God. that. Yeah, well, you know, at some point we got to get – I we you and I have talked about this. We got to get some stuff in your shop, your new shop, and I've, I've – got some things set aside for you i just haven't had time oh, to actually put on. them together so you know it's i was happening. joking right you know no, I, no it's happening for sure oh shit well thank you man i appreciate that man i, I was trying to make a joke and here here i am now feeling sheepish <laughs> well you know it's it's only right you have a couple of pieces of gear from us like attachments and things oh yeah but, uh, but it's you know 
it's important. I think it would be important for you to have if you ever wanted to talk about the stuff that we oh, make yeah. in order to have a, a piece of it or a couple pieces of it would be good for your workshop. And now you have the room. See, before you were in that little shed and you didn't have the space to have extra gear sitting around. So, yeah. and now you do. So, and now I've good. got 220, which means I can run the, the big boy motor and, uh, yeah, we can have some fun. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt. <clears throat> you're really you're really climbing the ladder, Brian. I I love watching your development and it's it's it, it for me to see you take what the opportunities that have been given to you and mm -hmm. appreciate them number 1, but mm -hmm. don't squander them. That's the other part. I had somebody ask me on a couple now that these belt hangers have come out. They said like all this all this has been drudged up again about what the why why hard work and good luck right mm -hmm. you know yeah. like what does that mean to me i mean yeah the the hard work and good luck mantra is now in hundreds and hundreds of shops that didn't have it before so yes. it's it's cool that you're starting that conversation again so please go ahead yeah cuz most people think you know that like they don't they don't really fully know what it means to me and and I've said it a hundred times on this podcast, but I'll say it again. The hard work and good luck mantra for me, it's the two are, uh, they, they, there's a symbiosis there. Yeah. I believe that I have been given good luck and I'll give you the reasons why. I was born a white man in the United States in the 1970s. Okay. Mm -hmm. Number one. Hands down, I won the fucking lottery, okay? I have it easier than everyone else. I have access to things that my people in the future probably won't have access to and people in the past won't have access to, okay? That's step one. That's it. I won the gen genetic geo position lottery of being yeah. a white guy in the United, born in the United States in the 1970s. Huge, huge advantage to this, okay? And this goes back to um, what I say about like people of color and minorities, how I use the ladder analogy. Yeah. Like I have a ladder and you have a ladder. Maybe you're you're an African-American person. You were born in the United States, all the same stuff, but your skin color is different. Guess what? The You have every third rung now. You don't have every rung. I have every rung. In a lot of cases, I have a fucking elevator. All right. <laughs> and you have a ladder that's missing rungs on it, but that doesn't mean you're you're crippled. You can do this. You can climb that ladder. It is possible. Right. But I, I see it this way. And uh, th it, some people think this is an unpopular opinion. I've had guys say, oh, I'm still waiting for my white privilege or whatever. And like, like, look, you, if you're, if you're sitting here messaging me, telling me that you're waiting for it, take some of that time of you complaining and feeling like a victim and go out and do something with it. Instead of complaining, take that time and your good luck of being who you are in the time you were born in and go do something with it. You're squandering it by complaining. And now fuck off. That's what I tell. I No joke. <laughs> I have no fucking patience for that bullshit. Yeah. And um, so, you know, if you want to tell me that you you have the same advantages, but you have disadvantages, use your disadvantages for your advantage. Okay. It's possible. And I'm not trying to spank you or slap you down or beat you down. I'm trying to encourage you by telling you these things. The other part of this, of course, is the hard work. If you have all these advantages, the good luck component of this, 
then on the other side, all you have to do is deploy some of that hard work. And here's, I'm going to tell you a little secret about me. A lot of people think I'm really smart. They go, Brian, you're super smart. You're, you, you, obviously, you know what you're doing. You're, you've got high intelligence. You're doing all this stuff. I'm going to give you, my, you want to know my IQ? I'm going to tell you my IQ. And here's, I was studied 10 years ago. I was part of a study, let me just say. It wasn't just me. But MK I Ultra sat through, too? <laughs> I, well, yeah, I, right. I was, I was selected to go through a program where they, they actually test your IQ. It's okay. not, it's not like one of these internet things where you answer 10 questions and they tell you you have 140 IQ. That's bullshit. None of that exists. In order to, to find your IQ, you have to sit through a series of tests that take about eight to 10 hours and you do it with a psychologist. Okay. Mm. The person gives you the test. They run it through my, my IQ is 108. Okay. 108. You know What's, what that is? Is that what? is average. It is average. It's like right in the middle. It's like a, slightly above average maybe. Mm. But it's it's average. It falls into the average category. Interesting. So if you think that I have intelligence or I was I am independently wealthy or I uh, just happened to stumble upon all of this uh by some happenstance, you're fucking wrong. You're absolutely wrong. I was born in middle America in a lower to middle class family that had literally nothing, went broke in the 90s, and uh, I was given nothing. No one ever handed me any money. No one ever gave me anything. I didn't win the lottery. None of it. I am not in exceptionally in uh, ex intelligent. I have absolutely 100% an average existence on the planet. So if you're looking at me and you're going, how do I get to where he is? Two advantages, hard work and good luck. That's yep. it. Those yes. two pieces of this puzzle, that's it. So I deployed. I looked at what my situation was. I saw where I was and I knew I am not going to accept this. I don't want to be poor. I'm tired of working for someone else. I don't like the things that I'm doing. I don't want my life to be a series of professional shifts that make me a little bit of money only for me to retire at 68 and die at 75. Mm, yeah. Fuck that times 10. All I did was I said, I want to now I'm young. I have my health. I want to do things with my life that I enjoy and I want to make some money at it. So I just worked really, really hard and leverage some of my advantages. And if you ask anybody that's born outside of the United States, and I'm not talking about the Western, you know, I'm, I'm talking about people who have been born in countries. I'll just use Mexico as an, as a example. You've, you've heard that the United States is the land of opportunity, right? Right. Of course. So when someone says, Hey, you're born, you were born in the United States. It's the land of opportunity. I want to come there. People are immigrating or trying to immigrate into the United States by the dro in droves. They're coming here. And they, this has been going on for a hundred years because this is in fact the land of opportunity. And here's, here's how, here's why it's important that you understand the word opportunity. If I was born in Mexico in the same year, and let, let's just say I'm still a white guy, but I'm born in Mexico. And one day, 
I'm 25 years old and I say to myself, fuck this. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired of being poor. I'm tired of working for somebody else. I want to do something different with my life. That thought goes absolutely fucking nowhere. Right. I don't have the opportunity. It doesn't exist where I am. I can't just go, I want to become a content creator on YouTube and I want to create videos about 2x72 belt grinders or metalworking or knife making. Yeah, you could try that. You're at a significant disadvantage already to make a living doing that in Mexico. It's because the United States has this massive economy, people who are engaged, working hard. The groundwork has already been laid for you. It's a beautiful system of free market capitalism where only the strong who are willing to work and the guys who have all the luck go out and make something of themselves. If you feel like one of those two things you don't have, you're like, you know what? I can work hard, but I don't have any luck. If you keep working hard, the luck component comes to you. It starts to build up over time. Start talking to people. Start telling them. Classic example. My father is retired. He had to go have his car worked on. He pulls into the dealership. His car's in there being worked on. He walks across the street to a Starbucks. He sits down. He starts having a coffee. There's a couple sitting next to him. He starts having a conversation with them. They say they want to move to Florida. They're not really sure. They're from Massachusetts. They want to maybe buy a house at some point. He hands him his business card. He's like, you know, I'm a real estate agent, but I'm retired. If you're looking for something, let me know. Six months later, they call him and they're like, hey, by the way, we're really looking to move to Florida. Can you help us find a house? He says, sure. What's your price range? $2 million. Whoa. He's flying down here to close the deal and make a 2.5% commission on that house. That's pretty decent. You know how that started? A conversation. He talked to somebody. Boom. Luck. There it is. Bang. I created my own luck. He creates his own luck. So what That's I'm, how it works. What I'm getting from this is if I'm ever down on my luck, I should just sit at Starbucks drinking $10 coffees all day. $10 coffees. <laughs> make sure you get the whip. You yep. Make sure you get the whatever the fuck they put in there. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> Starbucks is the way to go. <laughs> I, but That this, is not this, the point at all. That's I not just... the point. The point you, you guys understand what I'm saying to you when you hear me talk about you know, I, I, I think what I'm gathering now is that sometimes when people look at things, they look at through their own lens. You know, they're not seeing things like the bigger picture. And I get that. It, it's, it's human nature. We see things, we project, we don't really fully gather. And I do believe that there's some people out there that don't believe that they deserve success. Mm. That they think that because they were born in a in a place and time with a different skin color or whatever it might be, they're using that as a crutch or they're using it as a means to say, I don't deserve any of this and I'm not going to even pursue it because I don't deserve it or maybe it just can't even happen. It's not possible. My story is that it is possible. I did not have the... the um, the thought back 20 years ago that I would be sitting here making a podcast about metalworking. I just took and deployed habits 20 years ago 
that I have been using over and over and over and became strong habits that just created this environment for me to continue being successful. It takes one step every day. It doesn't have to be a big step. It just has to be a step in the right direction. So, you know, I don't, I don't want people to think that, you know, tomorrow they can go out and change their lives and, you know, it's going to be easy. If it was easy, everyone would do it. And that is just not how the world works. You, right. It has to, you have to be 100% committed to this. And so, uh, I think that's a huge reason why people listen to work for it because they like hearing these stories about, you know, somebody coming up from nothing. But then what I have also learned is that it gets muddled. And with this belt hanger project, all these new people are discovering who I am and seeing that hard work and good luck mantra. And they're going, who the fuck is this guy? And right. then they go, oh, he's a, he's a content creator. He's a YouTuber. He's a, oh yeah, he's a, you know, independently wealthy or whatever. <laughs> and it's, it's like, let me just fucking school you for a minute and, and say that this is the real, I am the real deal. The guy that clawed his way up out of the muck and did something with his time and life. And it should inspire you to do the same. Even if you are somewhere where you think you, you wanted to be. I can already hear and feel from you that you want more. So look at it like this. Even if you're successful, think about what's next, what's possible, what's the next step, and you can do it. Now, I kind of, I really resonate with that, especially now, like I just got 220 in the shop, and this has been such a big monumental milestone, and I've been looking forward to this for so long. And all of a sudden I have it and it's like, okay, where do, what's my next goal? I mean, obviously I already have 20 goals past that, but it's weird that I've gotten to a point where I've obtained what I've been, what I've been yearning for for so long. And all of a sudden now my, I've, I've gotten to the top of the rock and now I have to look up and find the next big rock to go for. So yeah, I'm, the, I'm right there the with habits you. I'm talking about. Those habits, those mind frame habits where you're like, I have this now. Okay, what can I do with it? Cool. I have all these tools now. Okay, what can I do with that? Cool. All right, now what's the next thing? You're always climbing. Yes. You're never stagnant. If you're stagnant and you're, you you're flatlining, you're dead. If you're not innovating, you're dead. If you're not creating, you're dead. Continue. That's what life is about. Nice. So, anyways, all right, I'm off my soapbox. Do you know what's not dead? The wonderful people over there at Maritime Knife Supply. If you, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's a terrible transition, Brian. Terrible Beautiful. transition, terrible transition. But you know who's we... not dead? Lawrence Lincoln, <laughs> Maritime Knife Supply. Pretty sure he's still alive. Oh my goodness, sorry about that. But we we hit up Baker Forge. I thought we'd we need to get the other one in. We need to talk about Maritime Knife Supply. They have everything you need to take your knife project to the next level from abrasives to tooling to steel to handle material to pins. You name it. They have everything you could ever want. Make sure you go over to MaritimeKnifeSupply.com and tell Lawrence that the guys over at Work For It sent you. He's a great dude. He's a maker. He ships from Canada, but he ships to the United States every single day. He has that process down too sweet. He's got it. So go check it out. And his prices are very competitive, by the way. Doing a lot of research with this um, house-made university stuff. We've been looking at different vendors to suggest, you know, like, hey, you know, if you want to buy this, you buy this. And Lawrence is always super competitive. So, yes. um, And by the way, 
not only is he competitive, he ships so much faster than these other vendors. It's just it's crazy to me how fast he can get things out. It is so, wild. Uh, it, it's great. So check out MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. And also, the beautiful people at Patreon. If you want to support the show, you can do so for as little as $10.80 a year. And there's hundreds of your contemporaries that are doing the exact same thing and supporting our show. And we would love it if you did, too. In which you get a chance to ask us a question, and then we'll answer it in the after show. And we nice. have a bunch of questions now because I beat up the audience. I was like, listen, you guys are slacking off. Summertime is over. Kick over that fire pit and start freaking getting back to work, which means asking us questions that can help you. The value, the answers that we give you bring so much value to what you're doing. And for no. as little as $10.80, which is like a fucking super large coffee with a bunch of shit in it from <laughs> a, a Starbucks, you can have all that valuable data. There it is. There it is. Now, this week, we're talking about part two of the question we had last week. Last week, we were talking about all of the mindset and preparation we do for YouTube. This week, we're going to be talking about the tools that we use to that are uniquely to filming and what we use for YouTube and content creation in general. Yep, yep. Camera, lights, audio, and software. Those yes, are the yes. things that we're going to talk about, like how we edit and shoot and edit, you know, storyboard things out, and then uh, it'll come to a, you know, an actual finished piece. So nice. you'll hear that. That was a question from Travis Haynes, by the way, from Bird Forge. Yes, yes. The creator of Pelican Paste. Hey, if you want to get your Pelican Paste, free shipping, be co- hashtag be cone. <laughs> Is it uh, hashtag? They got no. It's hashtag? just it's just be cone. I'm sorry. It's I, just I, be cone. Yeah, I'm, I right. shameless plug. Sorry about that. You know, um, I don't know if you know this, Brian, but I've decided to quit my job as a personal trainer because the weights were just too heavy. Damn it, my trombone isn't ready. Hold on, I didn't tell you the punchline yet. Oh shit, really? Ah, I decide. Let me reread this. Okay. I decided to quit my job as a personal trainer because the weights are too heavy. I just handed in my two week notice. Two T O O week W E A K for those of you who do not have a one oh eight IQ. <laughs> Just saying. That's gonna be your flex for a while. I love that. <laughs> it's not even a flex, it's a terrible flex. <laughs> oh. Anyways, anyways, we appreciate you guys. And just understand that no matter where you are in this beautiful blue and green globe that's spinning out throughout the United the, the, the universe. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the, the freaking episode last year, last week with the tin hats and all the, the freaking conspiracy <laughs> theory, tons of engagement on that. People love that shit, by the way. Yeah. And also the guys over at um, Makeshift did a show about it, too. Oh, so, uh, anyway, appreciate you guys. Um, we're going to go into the after show now. Keep working for it. Make sure that you Every single day, take hard work and good luck with you. When you do that, we know that you can crush this week and this weekend. We're working. We're coming into summer. Time is now. Do not delay, baby. Let's go. On to the after show. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs>